You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, America. This is Pete Matthew, your host for A Veteran Story on AmericasWebRadio.com. My three guests today witnessed the horrific events of 9-11 in New York City. They are Martin Burton, Senior Director at PricewaterhouseCoopers, now retired and living in North Carolina. Bill Account, Director at PricewaterhouseCoopers, now retired and living in Georgia. And Mike Casillas, Senior Manager at PricewaterhouseCoopers, now retired and living in New Jersey. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Good to be with you, Pete. Thank you for, thank you for sharing our story. Well, thank you, Thank guys. you, Pete. Uh, okay, Mike, we're going to start with you since you paid me the most money, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's a joke, guys. Come on. Uh, all right, Mark, uh, Mike. <laughs> Mike, where were you on 9-11 when the first tower was hit? And what was your reaction? So I was actually driving into the office uh, down uh, York Street in Jersey City, which uh, is on the back side of our building, and I was about to pull into a parking garage when I saw people just running out of their buildings and pointing towards the towers. So I didn't even park the car in the garage. I just pulled it off to the side of the street, got out of the car, looked up, and that's when I saw that big gaping hole with smoke coming out of it. And I asked one of the guys that was on the street, and he said, uh, a plane hit the building. And you know, my initial reaction was, that must have been some kind of pilot error to miss something so big. I mean, at that yeah. point, we didn't know that we were under attack. You know, everybody thought it was just an accident at that moment. Yeah. Okay, Martin, what, uh, where were you on 9-11 when the first tower was hit, and what was your reaction? Um, I was actually in my office on the uh, 26th floor of uh, a building that was in the Hudson River. Uh, my um, actual office was facing south, so I didn't have a view of the uh, of the building. But I had to go to the other side of the building, the side that overlooked the um, uh, World Trade Center, and that's when I saw the smoke from the um, from the tower, and it didn't look terribly bad from our angle at that particular time and the rumor was uh, among the people on the floor that it was a small plane that had hit the uh, it hit the tower but um, uh, we had no idea come or the magnitude of, uh, of the attack at that time yeah okay Bill where were you on 9/11 when the first tower was hit and what was your reaction? Well, I had been running an errand that morning, so um, I was walking down Montgomery Street, which is the main drag in Jersey City, um, and it faces directly at the towers. Um, and as I'm walking down like a block away from our office, um, this crowd of people was literally running toward me. Um, and I never even looked up. And, and people walked by, and I heard the voices, a uh, plane hit the tower, whatever. And I looked up, and, and as Mike and Martin says, you just saw a hole and, and some smoke coming out, but you could tell something had hit it. Um, it wasn't until I got further down the road that I realized uh, this, this, is, this is not a good thing. Uh, but as my partners in crime there uh, stated, at that point we didn't know we were under attack or anything. It just looked like a, a simple accidents, pilot error, or, or whatever. 
Yeah, I remember uh, during World War II, there was a B-25 missile that hit uh, uh, the New York Empire State Building. Correct. It did did not do the damage that was done to the first tower, but I think people are unaware of what a small plane would do. It wouldn't hardly affect that big building at all, but... I guess most folks, unless they saw the first plane hit, didn't realize it was an airliner. So, all right, Mike, where were you when the second tower was hit, and what was your reaction? So, um, I was still on the on the sidewalk there with, with now a larger crowd of people just looking at the towers, and I actually saw that second plane come in and hit the south tower. Wow. Um, I was on the phone with my wife at the moment, kind of explaining to her what was going on, and I just yelled. I just yelled when I saw that because I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, that's one of the images that is just like burned into my psyche. Um, and I had two reactions. First of all, I immediately knew this was not an accident anymore. I knew this was some kind of coordinated terrorist attack. And I told my wife so. I said, "This this looks like a terrorist attack." And then immediately I felt like this sense of real deep sadness because I realized there were people on that plane. And I just saw people lose their lives. And from that day, from that moment on, the entire day I just felt that heaviness of realizing how many people have died. Wow. Uh, that, that must have been a horrific scene watching that plane come at that second tower. It, it, it was. It was. It's, it's something that I will, I will take to my grave. Yeah. Martin, where were you when the second tower was hit, and what was your reaction? I, I was still on the uh, 26th floor of the building in Jersey City, and um, I, I was looking at the World Trade Center, and I, too, saw the uh, second plane hit the tower. And uh, as Mike said, it was obvious that it was a, a terrorist attack at that time. Um, we, were, we were actually in the um, tallest building in Jersey City, so uh, people started getting scared to think if uh, tall buildings were going to get uh, attacked, we could be one of them. So we were then evacuated from, from our building. Um, I, I had a different reaction, though, to Mike. Um, at the at the time, it felt like I was watching a really horrific movie, but I was kind of removed from it. Um, it was oh. only later that the uh, the horror of the day really hit me. So it was a very different uh, reaction to mine. So you were you were aware too once you saw that second plane that our country was under attack, right? Yeah, I was I was on the 26th floor of the uh, building in in Jersey City, and the, and the building overlooked the river and the World Trade Center. It was an unobstructed view of the of the buildings. Wow! All right, Bill, where were you when the second tower was hit, and what was your reaction? Well, by then I was um, up up inside the building on the 26th floor. Um, all of us had sort of gathered on that side of the building. Um, it's where all the oh, it's where all the senior partners had their offices, and so we had a a direct view of what was going on. There was nothing between us and the towers other than a river. Um, and, and I can remember, um, you know, the expression is blood-curdling scream as one of the girls, and we all noticed the plane slide in, and, and the scream that came out of her 
was unbelievable. And that's something I'll never forget. Um, and I can remember the, the senior partner saying, um, as Martin mentioned, we were the tallest building in New Jersey. His comment was, folks, we are out of here. Um, and at that point, we evacuated the building. Wow. What was your anyway, reaction, Bill, when you, when you saw that second plane coming in? What was your reaction? It, it, it was surreal. It was almost like slow motion. You just see this this thing come flying across and just literally slice into the side of a building that you, you would never imagine um, a, a plane hitting it. Um, and, and, and I can still see it. It, it was slow motion. Um, and, you know, I, and I don't watch it anymore. Um, there were years... Um, I was sort of fixated on, on anything that had to do with 9-11. In the last couple of years, I've, I've gotten away from that. Um, it's just not something I really want to remember. Um, but, you know, you see this plane coming in, um, and, and people have all seen the video, slightly tilted, um, a direct hit, um, and, and you knew this was no accident, especially being a second plane. Um, it was planned, calculated, um, and, and, and in the second plane, um, you, you actually see, um, I guess, the gas tanks exploding as it went in and hit inside and just exploded inside the building. Wow. Were you, uh, were you, Bill, were you on the phone with your wife at that time? No, at that point we were, um, <laughs> excuse my French, um, deciding to get the hell out of there. Um, and it wasn't until we got downstairs that I got in touch with uh, the wife at the time. Um, you know, luckily, in, in, in New Jersey, most people have uh, Verizon, and so all the towers for that area are on top of the World Trade Center. So, so contact oh. on a phone. So contact on a phone was spotty at best. Um, I, you know, had had AT and T. AT and T at the time had their major towers actually in New Jersey, just on, on our side of the river. Um, so a lot of people had no phone service whatsoever. Um, I, having AT&T, was able to get through with no problem. Um, and, and people will kid me. I had my BlackBerry at the time. Um, and, and it, 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 <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard that, Mike. And, and, you know, so you have that, that walkie-talkie feature back in those days. Um, and that got through with no problem. Um you know, and she, she, like everybody else's spouses, probably were glued to the TV as well. Because at that point, um, especially after the first plane, um, every TV station in the world was, was glued to whatever cameras were, were focused on the building. Wow. Uh, just unbelievable. Uh, Martin, were you in contact with your wife at that time? No, I couldn't get any phone service at all. Um, so... Uh and, and I was, uh, as Bill said, I was uh, uh, trying to get evacuated with the rest of the staff. So okay. it's a long walk down from the 26th floor. <laughs> I thought you yeah. didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Mike, what about you? Were, were you on the phone with your wife, Mike? Actually, I was. Uh, and, you know, another free plug for AT&T. I had AT&T service as well. <laughs> so I was actually talking to her about the first plane and telling her, you know, turn on the TV, something's going on in New York. And as I was talking to her, I saw the plane come in, and just like uh, Bill described it, I saw the fireball and everything. And I just let out this the scream as you know. I'm not going to repeat what I said at the moment because it wouldn't be appropriate. But <laughs> you know. Uh, and then right after that, I told her, "We are under attack. Lock the doors. Stay home. Don't go anywhere." Wow. 
Unbelievable. And right, short, now, shortly, you, after, shortly after that, my phone stopped working. <laughs> okay, uh, we have to go to our first break, gentlemen. Uh, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back with the, uh, these witnesses to 9-11. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, and the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmv. HOF.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Yours. Okay, folks, we're back with my three eyewitnesses to the horrific event on 9-11. Mike, where were you when the first tower came down, and what was your reaction? Well, by that time, I had uh, met up with the rest of my colleagues from Coopers, and we were all just kind of just standing around watching this right there on the corner of uh, Montgomery and uh, I forget the other name of the street, but basically we were one block away from the from the river uh, look, overlooking a pier that sticks out and, and just watching it. And at one point the police started asking us to move up the street. Uh, I guess they were planning on setting some kind of staging area on the pier to bring people over uh, because later they had like ambulances and fire trucks and whatever uh, come in and park there. And, and as we were coming up the street, I started hearing this strange cracking sound. And I turned around and I saw that first building start coming down. It, it felt like it was in slow motion. You know, it wasn't something that happened really fast. It looked real, like it was coming down in slow motion. And once again, my reaction was just immense sadness because I was just thinking of all the people that were trapped in there. Uh, you know, at the time, we I didn't realize the magnitude of how many people were there. But I knew that there were people there that were not going to be going back home to their loved ones. And I, I it was very depressing. I... I you know, like like uh, 
like Bill mentioned earlier, you know, for several years afterwards, 9-11 became a day where I just kind of didn't want to talk to anybody or be with anybody because it was so depressing and sad. Mark, did you have any notion that though that building might come down? Did you think it would come down? Well, the people in the crowd... I'm sorry, you said Mark or uh, Mike or Martin? Uh, Mike. Okay. Um, the, the, the people in the crowd were, were, were kind of, there was chatter about, you know, the building could collapse, you know, and, but nobody really expected it. Uh, but when, when we started hearing that cracking noise, which I'll never forget, uh, and it, it just came down in this huge plume of smoke, it was just surreal. The, the, the word, I guess, the appropriate word is surreal. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing with my eyes. Wow. Okay, Martin, where were you when the first tower came down, and what was your reaction? Well, we uh, were evacuated um, from the building at that time, and our evacuation point was a a small um, public park uh, right next to the river. And uh, it was then we saw, the same as as Mike said, it looked a little bit in, in slow motion, but the thing that I remember most was the noise it was like a, a huge roar and explosion and uh um as i mentioned before I, I i had a total totally different reaction uh, to all of this it was um like i was watching a movie i the, the horror of it crept up on me later on in the day but at that particular time it was just i was watching this this action going on on the other side of the river and um uh, what it actually meant in terms of human life um, really came on me over several hours, but not at that particular time. But the noise was unbelievable. Well, did, did you have any thoughts that that building may come down? No, it was a complete uh, shock. I I, uh, I thought that, that those buildings were impervious, to even, even a, a plane hitting them. It's only later on when we saw the accounts of how the structure had failed that I understood. But at that particular time, no, I didn't think either of those buildings were going to come down. Wow. All right, Bill, where were you when the first tower came down? What was your reaction? Um, By then, we had set up um, sort of a command center. My apartment um, was about three blocks away um, from the river. Um, so a couple partners and Martin joined us later um, were in my apartment, which which through one of the windows we could I, we could see both towers, but we're glued we're actually glued to the TVs, um, you know, watching the news accounts and and trying to account for all our staff at the same time. So we're watching it on TV, and in my apartment, um, that building blocked my vision of the sky, so to so to speak. Um, and so I'm watching it on TV, forgetting I could see it out the window. And, and literally in seconds, as I turned around, the building was gone. Um, and all there was was smoke. Um, that, that, that building blocked the sunlight every morning because it faced east. Um, so for years afterwards, as I, st- as I was still living there, um, no longer was the sun blocked. Um, it was wide open yeah. sky. Um, but when that thing came down... Um, we couldn't hear it because we were a couple blocks away, 
But, you know, Mike and Martin being at, at our evacuation point, which is probably a block away from the office, um, definitely would have been able to, to hear it. Um, and and the, the clouds, the smoke, debris, um, and everybody's seen the, the, the horrific pictures, uh, was just unreal. Um, and as, as Mike pointed out, um, you know that building coming down, there is no way people could be evacuated fast enough. Um, it was a miracle that the people got out that did get out. Um, and you just know that as that building came down, there were thousands of lives at stake at that point. Bill, I mean, did, it you, was, did, you think, did you think the building may come down? No, I would have never thought that. Um, when the building was designed, it was touted as impervious to, to anything. Um, you know, a, a plane hitting it would have, you know, been been no no problem whatsoever. Um, so watching that thing basically um, fold, it, it literally just sort of collapsed within itself. I mean, people have probably seen on TV building implosions when they destroy old stadiums and things like that, and it just collapsed unto itself, just going straight down. No sideway motion, just straight down. And all you saw was this this line of the roof just slowly sinking to the ground. Un- unreal. Uh, I just, we have all seen the images. They are horrible, but I cannot imagine, uh, uh, like you guys, being there and, and a lot of the people right there at ground zero running for their lives. Um, uh, Mike, let me uh, uh, start with you. Let's throw a little curveball here. How many people from Price Waterhouse did you guys lose? I believe we lost five. And I believe they were all on different, I, I believe they were on different planes at the time. Okay, do you know? I, know, I, I, know, I, I remember the case of one partner with his, uh, I believe, two-year-old son was on the plane out of, Bo- out of Boston that, that hit one of the towers. That, that one I remember, I remember clearly. I don't remember the names or, or the, of the other four, but, uh, I, I, you know, once this was all over and they, they kind of took account of everybody, they realized that we had lost five, five members of our, of our company. Wow. Martin, were you aware that you were uh, losing people that day? Uh, not at the time, no. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, uh, let me throw something in here. If, um, Bill mentioned um, about the, uh, the scream that he heard when, uh, when that second plane went in. Uh, there was a secretary on, on that 26th floor working for Price Waterhouse. Her sister was um, actually working at Windows on the World at the top of one of those buildings. Oh, correct. So she, and she must have known that she probably wouldn't see her sister again. Yep, I remember wow. that. Yep. Bill, what, what did you what do you think about Bill? Were you concerned? I know you're concerned about your people, but did you know that you were losing people that day? <coughs> well, we, I mean, you have you have a, um, a a company, a firm that has people traveling all the time. The three of us, for example, commuted from from different locations on a weekly basis, um, and so at any given point, there were thousands of, of employees, you know, going one way or another to a, to a client site. 
Um, there, there were five people. One young lady um, actually was an exchange employee from our Chinese firm. So she was over here for a couple of years doing what we call the tour of duty. Um, you know, so she, she's on a plane. I think she was going to California. I'm not quite sure what her destination was. Um, but she was on the plane, her parents being all the way over in China. Oh, wow. Of course, the, you know, the firm firm flew her parents um, and family back to the U.S., um, of course. Um, almost immediately, it was like two days later, they, they, they arrived. Um, but Mike mentioned, yes, there was a partner um, out of Boston with his son on one of the flights. Um, I'm not sure which all flights everybody was on. Um but yeah, we it, it took a couple of days to do an accounting, and, and one by one the the names you know dribbled in, and, and the list was was compiled. Um, we we had one of our major clients, um, Cantor Fitzgerald, um, was in one of the towers, um, and they lost I think ninety eight percent of their staff, um, and that's one of the of a firm that size. Um, they had offices in New York and one in the UK. Um, but you know, by the grace of God, their, their chairman um, was not there. He was taking his daughter um, to her first day of school, um, huh. daycare, or something like that. Um, so he was not in the building. Um, but their entire staff was was obliterated within seconds. Wow! Um, so, you know, and 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 the three of us, by the, the grace of God, were always commuting to New York for meetings because our office, yeah. our head office, actually was in New York City. Um, so on, on any given day, you know, we could be in that building, um, the, the, the subway, the PATH system, which is a train that connects New Jersey and, and New York, um, leaves from, from basically across the street from our office, under the river, smack dab into the World Trade Center. Um, so if, by the grace of God, none of us were, were, were there um, because we would yeah. have been in that building and it had, had, we had a meeting in New York. And I, and I think Martin and I had a meeting that had been canceled. Um, so, like I said, it's by the grace of God we were not in that building. Uh, I think all three yeah. of you were very, very yeah. lucky that day. I'm sorry, guys. We've got to go to our second break, okay? We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Hi. This is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. 
As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, we're back with the three eyewitnesses to 9-11. You know, you mentioned the the Chinese uh, young lady that was on one of the flights that you guys knew. Uh, There was a Muslim prayer room inside one of the towers. There was a room inside one of the towers that was filled with the Koran, and they all went down. That was one day, I think, that your nationality and religion and your politics didn't come into play. Uh, I do remember all those photos of the people who were coming out of those dust clouds, and everybody looked the same. I think on that day, we were all Americans. We were all the same. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yes, right. of course. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Mike, where were you when the second tower came down and your reaction? Well, by that time, um, I had met up with one of our colleagues who had, uh, just like us, had flown in the, the previous Monday, and he was staying at a local hotel there at uh, in Jersey City, a couple blocks away from the office. And I, I wanted to go home, but uh, they had shut down the turnpike and everything. Nobody was getting out of Jersey City at that time. It was all shut down. So, I, I mean, I lived uh, about an hour north uh, in New York State, just over the North Jersey border. So there was no way I could get home at that time. So I, uh, this colleague of mine said, why don't you come and, you know, chill out with me at the hotel until you're able to drive home. So we went over there, and we were watching it on TV, and that's where we saw the second tower come down. Uh, we were watching it on, on TV. And uh, it was just... I mean, you could you could literally hear a pin drop in that entire hotel at the time. It was just dead yeah. silent. Everybody was just glued to their TVs. Not a word was being said, other than you know the gasps at watching that second tower come down. Mike, did you think the second tower may come down? I well, to be honest, I th- I thought it would because the first tower came down, and I remember seeing the size of the explosion of that second plane hitting. And the hole on the second tower was actually bigger, at least in my perspective, uh, than the one on the first tower. So if the first tower came down, I was I logically assumed the second tower was going to come down at some time. Wow. Okay, Martin, where were you when the second tower came down, and what was your reaction? Well, I'm, I'm going to have to duplicate what, uh, what Bill said, because uh, after we uh, had been... Dis- I went back to uh, my apartment, which uh, and it's the same building as Bill's, and uh, we got together in his apartment. The uh, the second, uh, we could also see what was happening, or some of what was happening, from out of the window of the apartment. So uh, that's where I was. Um, okay. And in in, in terms of, uh, you know. Uh, second building would come down. I feel the same as Mike. I felt the same as Mike that once the uh, first building had come down, um, the other one seemed to have been hit 
just as hard, if not harder. So it wasn't a total shock when that came down. Wow. Bill, tell us about uh, where you were when the second tower came down and your reaction. Well, we we had set up our uh, command center, for lack of a better word, and, and using my apartment and Martin's, which were on the same floor. Um, and, and it was like, I think it was like 29 minutes or half an hour after it was when the second tower came down. And as as Mike alluded to, when the first plane went in, it was it was flying level. It was straight in. So it's like sort of just like a stab wound in the side of the building. When the second plane went in and, and hit that building, it was not going in directly. It was, um, you know, turned sideways. So instead of going a nice slice, it was going in, um, and, and the hole was, was huge. You had you had no way you could miss the size of the hole. Um, so, so when the first one tower went down, um, and, and when the second one was getting ready, um, you could sort of see it, um, and, and, and as people were focused on the TV set watching it, um, you could almost see it rocking back and forth, like something wow. was about to happen, um, and in a split second, I mean, it, it's, it's wavering, for lack of a better word, and all of a sudden it just rocketed right to the ground. Um, and, and, and again, another huge huge, huge dust storm, um, you know, the, fl- the flames basically were extinguished um, a- as it went down from the dust and debris s- smothering it. Um, of course, the, you know, it burned for, I think, 10 days afterwards. It took them that long. Um, yeah. And, and it, it was just unreal. As a, you know, as a side note, um, uh, Mike had pointed out that we were, at one point, they were on the river, um, and that's where the PAP station is. And when they were putting out the fires in, in both towers, of course, all the water went directly down into the ground, into the subway stations, and actually flooded the subway stations. And, of course, it comes through the tunnel all the way over to Jersey City. Um, and for weeks afterwards, they were pumping water out of the station. And so every day we saw them pumping hundreds of thousands of gallons of water out of the subway station right back into the river. Um, just to get the, the water out of there, um, it, it just 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 unreal. Um, and and at that point, we're we're still looking for employees um, to make sure everybody, you know, that nobody was in the building. Um, because again, everybody basically that worked in our building either lived in New Jersey or or on, in New York City or on the other side of New York City in in, in the suburbs, Queens and Brooklyn, that kind of stuff. And so the only way to get to our office was through that. Um, through that, that that tunnel and through the to the path train and, and through the towers, of course. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is a couple hours afterwards, there was a third building that went down. I think it was Building Seven, Mike. Um, yeah, it was World Trade Center Seven. Yeah, which was it, it, a normal office kind of building, um, and it, of course, didn't get hit by a plane, but it was totally showered in debris, and we're talking, you know, millions of pounds. Um, and yeah. So it was a couple a couple hours later that building came down as well, um, and, and I think that building had been evacuated. I, I don't know. I don't recall. Um, but that that third building came down as well. Jeez. All right. Let's ask you this. This is sort of off the wall, uh, Michael. When did you hear about the Pentagon and the Shanksville plane? 
I actually heard about the Pentagon on the radio in my car after the first building was, uh, sometime between the first building being hit and the first building coming down, uh, I sat down in my car and turned on the radio, and I was listening to one of the news stations, and they had, they, they came across with the breaking news that, uh, the Pentagon had been hit. I found out about the Shanksville plane later on, watching the TV uh, back when I was in my, my colleague's hotel room. Um, that's when I found out about that fourth plane that had uh, gone down in Pennsylvania. There's some very brave people on that Shanksville plane. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, guys, I don't know if that was headed to the White House or, or uh, the Capitol, but wow. Uh, Martin, what about you, sir? Uh, when did you hear about the Pentagon and the Shanksville plane? Um, I, I heard about it um, on the TV coverage. I think it was in Bill's apartment. So, yeah, okay. that was uh, just a straightforward news coverage. All right. Same thing with you, Bill? Yeah, the uh, South Tower was struck at 9.03, if I recall my times. You know, you remember these sort of things. Um, and the Pentagon got hit at 9.30, 9.35, something like that. And so, you know, the world is glued um, watching, you know, the South Tower. Um, and then the news came on about the Pentagon being struck. And, of course, the South Tower collapsed like 20 minutes later. Um, and, and at first, I think even in the, in the news, they weren't sure if a plane had actually hit. Um, you know, years later, when people are looking at the videos, you see a blur. Um, and to keep in mind, the Pentagon is not a tall building. Um, so when this plane comes in, it's it's roaring basically at ground level. It, it seems to to plow into the side of it, um, and and it took a long time for them to find even pieces of that aircraft because it was fully loaded with fuel um, and yeah. basically just incinerated itself. Um, as it as it plowed through the building, um, you know, for years the, the the crazy people said no, it was an explosion, a gas explosion, until they finally you know looked at the film and realized it actually was a plane that went in. Um, but that you know, that was you know in the middle of it, um, and, and the Shanksville one was um, sort of afterwards. Um, I don't remember what time that one happened. It was somewhere in between the, the towers coming down. Um, but you know, everybody will remember. Um, I think his name was Todd something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's roll. Let's roll. Right. When they uh, crashed into the cockpit, and and you know, only because of their heroism, knowing they weren't going to make it, um, that uh, whether it be the White House or the Capitol was spared, they over you know overtook the, the crew and and literally crash the plane themselves just to avoid, right. you know, any bloodshed. Um, well, one one yeah. of the things that the stewards did on that flight in Shanksville, uh, they filled up jugs of, of steaming hot water, and they threw Correct. it on the uh, terrorists, uh, and then they attacked them and everything. God bless those people. I mean, they knew they were going down. Um, right, and if, you, and if you ever listen to the recording of the 911 call when... Uh, um, Todd was talking to uh, the phone operator. Um, both of them praying together because they knew uh, this was this was not going to have a happy ending to the story. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I tell you what, if that plane had gotten back 
to D.C. Um, I don't know. Have they ever decided where it was going? Do they know? Have you guys heard anything about what they plan to hit? Uh, I, I think it was the capital. Um, I don't think anybody really knows. Um, you know, stories have come out afterwards where it was going. And, um, you know, and recently the FBI, things have been cleared of, of you know, other involvement in other countries, and we won't go there. Um, yeah. I firmly believe they were probably shooting for the Capitol. Hitting the White House, you know, you, know, you would have gotten the, the president who wasn't there, of course. Um, but hitting the Capitol, which was probably fully staffed with Congress and everything else, and, and House of Representatives and uh, all the employees there, um, would, would have probably done more morale damage than anything else. That's true. But they hit they hit symbols of American uh, ingenuity and might and economy and everything else. Uh, this was a well-planned, coordinated attack. I remember they were calling these... Uh, uh, terrorists who took over the planes, cowards and everything. Uh, I, I disagree with that. They weren't cowards. This this was a well-thought-out military operation, and they pulled it off, buddy. They did pull it off. Okay, uh, we're going to our last break, okay, and we'll be back in just a minute or so. Uh, stick with us, folks. Very, very interesting uh, interview today. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, and the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised your right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhoff.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, we're back to the three-hour witnesses to the horrible event on 9-11. Mike Casillas, tell me, after both towers were down, tell us about what you experienced for the rest of that horrible day. Well, as I mentioned earlier, by that time I was uh, just at the hotel with uh, one of my colleagues. And uh, as you're aware, basically 
someone decided to start a boat lift between New York and New Jersey to start bringing people who were stranded on the New York side over to New Jersey. So people were coming over on private boats. It was kind of like a mini Dunkirk, if you think about it. Um, and a lot of these people were showing up at the hotel covered in dust with this, you know, glazed over expression on their eyes. You know, like trying to find a place to stay because they couldn't go back to their apartments in New York at the time. And uh, I was I was uh, good friends with the manager who was on 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 duty at the time at that hotel, and so I started actually helping him, <laughs> helping to see if we could find space for these people, finding water, finding food, you know, getting them at least a place where they could sit down and relax and 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 kind of you know, take a break from what they had been through uh, on that day. And I basically did that for about five or six hours until I got word that the highways were opened again and I could drive back home. So I kind of switched gears a little bit and went into service mode, if you will, figuring out how I could yeah. help as much as I could. I think a lot of people wanted to do that. A lot of people did do that. I appreciate your efforts on that day, Mike. I heard that in that hotel and other hotels, uh, people actually had dogs that they brought in, and yep. the hotel staff yep. even fed the dogs. Is that correct? Yep. I, I, I actually ran the hotel that I was at was directly across the street from a supermarket. And I actually ran across to the supermarket and bought several bags of dog food and brought them back to feed <laughs> the people's pets. Well, uh, uh, I hate to laugh. It's not. It's not funny. But God bless them. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they, they love their dogs. That, you know? Basically, at that point, it was, "What can I do to help?" You know, yeah. we had this feeling of something terrible has happened. What can I do to help? I understand, Martin. Both towers were down. Tell us about what you expect for the rest of that horrible day. Well, I actually uh, went back to the office in the afternoon. I managed to persuade the, the police officer at the, uh, at the they, got, they got the place cordoned off, so uh, I said that I needed to get into the building to get my laptop. I went back to the um, 26th floor and, and worked for two or three hours, and um, all I could see was the, uh, the, the pile of rubble and smoke and we were extremely lucky in Jersey City with the direction of the wind through the that day and the rest of the week because the the, the um, wind was blowing away from Jersey City, so we didn't get any of the uh, the smoke and pollution from the uh, from the problem. Um, later in the day, um, I went out to a dinner at a restaurant in Jersey City. Uh, quite. On, uh, quite close to Montgomery, the main street, and uh, I believe Bill was there as well. And uh, we uh, saw refrigerated trucks coming uh, away from the river. Uh, they were actually moving uh, bodies that had been recovered through Jersey City uh, that, that particular mm. evening. So you remember when I told you that my initial reaction was it was like uh, watching a movie and I was detached from it. It was about then it was beginning to sink in for me. Okay, I can understand. Bill, both towers were down. 
Tell us about what you experienced for the rest of that horrible day. Well, um, I also went back to the office and, and you know, bribed our way into the building. Um, and, 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 I, and I went back up to, the, as we called it, Partner Row, which is where all the senior partners had their offices, and it was a direct view of the World Trade Center. And, and there was nothing there. Um, you could see hundreds of boats still going back and forth. The um, Coast Guard had put out a call on their maritime radio, literally calling all boats. And it was a wide broadcast, and, and, and the Coast Guard thing was attention all boats. Um, and they had the boats, including the – there are ferries that go back and forth between the, the Jersey side and the New York side. And all of them were diverted um, over to the New York side to pick up survivors because, you know, they, they couldn't go anywhere. There were no subway trains were shut down. You couldn't get to the other side of the building to get away from it. Um, so the only place they could go was toward the water. Toward the water. And so they picked up literally thousands of people. Um, and we're talking pleasure crafts. We're talking yachts. We're talking... Um, this, the uh, the the, the uh, ferry boats were just loaded up. <coughs> the um, and, and, and as Martin talked, you know, we went to dinner later that night, um, and there were literally hundreds of tractor trailer trucks going by. Each one of them with refrigerated trucks um, for, wow. for 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 bodies and stuff like that. Um, and and the sad part is, there were no bodies. Um, there, yeah. there were no no bodies brought to the Jersey side because anybody who was in the building basically was obliterated. I think of the the three thousand people that perished in those in those. They were only two hundred and some odd. I hate to say this, intact bodies recovered. Um, it was literally an explosion um, of, yeah. of un- unbelievable size. Um, we we had dinner with. Um, an individual who actually w- had gone back to the New York side because his apartment was over there. I mean, he came back. Um, I don't know how he managed to con his way back over there, but he went there and came back, and he had medication he had to pick up. Um, and if I recall, he was a Vietnam vet as well. Um, so he came back, and he was covered in dust. His shoes, um, I've never forgotten it, were, were brown shoes. Um, they were white. They looked like sneakers. Um, it, and you know, he, he took his, his his suit jacket off and 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 just plaster dust was just falling out of it. Um, uh, so I can tell you the uh, the bar did a good service that night. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 and to this day, you know, I, I can tell you exactly what Martin drinks. I can tell you exactly what Mike drinks. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a a, a quite somber um, evening, um, just sort of regrouping. Um, I, I managed to uh, get pictures of of out the window um, on this old antiquated. You know, it was before the days of cell phone cameras and stuff like that. I had a webcam though, but I hooked up and and took pictures. And you see all these boats going back and forth. And when you focus where the towers were, there was nothing. Um, there was a marina at the at the base of the towers on the water side, and there were huge yachts that, that used to be parked there, and and you could see them submerged because the debris went, you know, for 
for blocks. Um, uh, it was just unreal. Um, you know, it's it's so the debris. It, 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 was, it was it was a, it was a it was a war zone. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it was a war zone. Are you saying that the debris sank the yachts? Um, that, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, there were there were a couple of huge yachts that were always moored there, um, whether they were like dinner cruises or whatever. Um, and and you, you all remember the uh, the flag that was flown over the debris when uh, the president was there, and that flag was actually taken off of one of the yachts. Wow. <clears throat> There's things, but I, I did, did did some research on 9/11, and you were right, Bill. About not very many intact bodies were discovered, but they found like I don't know thousands of wristwatches, and I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of wedding rings were recovered. Right. right. Uh, just one of the sad things about that day. Uh, I remember Bill uh, talking to you once. You did mention those refrigeration trucks. When you saw those refrigeration trucks, what was your thought? Um, as many as there were, and, and, and Martin can, 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 can chime in, hundreds of them. I mean, we're talking a convoy constantly going yep. by, um, headed, you know, the block and a half from where we were down to the river to where the, where the ferry boats would normally come in and dock where they were bringing in um, you know, survivors or people that lived or worked in the area that were not affected. Um, and so it, it, it was a, it was just a, a fleet of trucks. It was hundreds of them just continuously going by. Um, and they were parked down there for days. And after about a week, they all left with, uh, nobody in them. They had, um, you know, wow. no, nobody to recover. You know, listen to you guys talk about the, the, the boats and the evacuations uh, uh, from New York, uh, the yachts that were used, uh, the refrigeration trucks that, that got together, the Coast Guard. Uh, in all this tragedy, it seems like that the response was pretty good. Would you agree with that, Mike? Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, you know, it, the, the response was basically immediate. I mean... You had law enforcement personnel. You had uh, fire department personnel, paramedics. I remember. I remember seeing, you know, just a fleet of ambulances parked right next to the, um, the train station on the waterfront there uh, for the people that were coming over uh, on the boats to get treated if they needed to be treated. Uh, it was, you know, nine eleven was a was a terrible day in our history but one thing that really sticks out in my mind and one thing that i miss is the way we all came together after it yeah you know it didn't matter if you were christian or jew republican or democrat black or white made no difference everybody was in on it in together to do whatever they needed to do to recover from this uh horrible attack and it saddens me because we've lost that you know this country's tearing itself apart today. And, yes, it uh, is. I, I, I miss that sense of unity that we used to have. I have to agree with you, Mike. we got serious problems right now, but let's not get into politics right now. We'll be here for three days. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to get political. I'm just, I'm just saying in, in, in a completely oh, general sense. You know. 
Yeah, you know. I, I understand, and you are on a political station. Believe me, we are very conservative people. But, <laughs> uh, uh, Martin, give me some of your final thoughts. Uh, we've got about a minute or two left. That's it. Okay. Well, um, I, I guess uh, the other thought I had was the response of PricewaterhouseCoopers to the uh, staff. They uh, provided uh, counselors for the, the staff that had witnessed this thing, and, and uh, certainly it affected uh, some people uh, very deeply. So they got looked after, which was extremely good. And the other thing that I'd like to say um, while I get the chance is that I lost a, uh, a friend of mine who worked for... Um, Cantor Fitzgerald, uh, he must have been on the floor that the plane hit, but his name was Steve Domino, and uh, that, wow. that really brought home the tragedy personally to me. Wow. Bill, uh, we got about 30 seconds. Your final thought. Oh, um, yeah, we got to wrap, yeah, wrap it up. Yeah, Bill, I'm sorry. We got to wrap it up. We have run out okay. of time, gentlemen. Listen, thank you guys so much. God bless. And, and uh, I just... I'm so grateful that you guys are willing to talk about this. Have a good one. Thanks, folks, for yep. joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks, Pete. Bye-bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.